0: In both my coaching business and in my music school, I am consistently seeing parents wondering what is happening with their child, wondering why their child is slipping away from them and they can't identify the problem. And in my experience, one of the biggest causes or contributors to that feeling of your child slipping away is often their silent battle with anxiety. You're listening to the Self Improvement Room podcast. I'm your host, Christy Davis, and I'm looking forward to digging deep into today's topic, which is helping you parent through anxiety, recognizing and understanding your child's silent battle. Now, if you haven't already, make sure you follow the podcast so you don't miss an opportunity to learn something that is going to change your life. All right, let's dig into this week's episode. I've taught singing for 22 years. It's actually my birthday next week which means it is yeah 22 years that I've been teaching and in that time I have seen a dramatic increase in childhood anxiety which is then not getting a lot better when we get to adulthood so especially over the last probably five years I have really recognized anxiety ramping up to like this new level that is so unbelievably detrimental to our kids and it's leaving parents shaking their heads and shrugging their shoulders going, I don't know what to do. I don't know what is wrong with my child because a lot of us don't recognise the signs of anxiety and our kids are left in this silent battle (laughs) against the groups of anxiety which I can tell you and most of you have probably experienced yourself can be debilitating. Now don't get me wrong, parenting is this ever-evolving journey filled with joy and challenges and learning experiences but one of the biggest challenges I think that so many parents are facing today is recognising and understanding their child's battle with anxiety and that's what I want to explore today. I want to look at the importance of recognizing anxiety in children and then I want to give you four steps to help you navigate and support your child through this awful battle they are going through. So let's start with actually recognizing the signs of anxiety in children because I have so many parents come and say I don't know what is wrong with my child. I don't know why they are not wanting to eat, they don't want to go to school, they always feel sick and I don't know what to do as a parent. I kind of feel like my child is slipping away and I hear this a lot. So when it comes to looking at your child and knowing that there's having an idea that there is something wrong it's really important to understand the signs of anxiety in children now firstly it's important to understand that anxiety in kids can manifest in a bunch of different ways so as I mentioned a moment ago it can be physical symptoms so you should be looking out for physical signs like headaches stomach aches or muscle tension. They can all be linked to anxiety and I've even, I've made this mistake many times when my kids were younger but they would say I don't feel well and they seem fine, everything's fine, you know, there's no reason to have a headache, there's no reason to have a sore stomach, you don't seem to have a bug, it keeps going on and on, maybe you just don't want to go to school. Well, maybe they just don't want to go to school because they're experiencing these physical symptoms of anxiety. So it's really important to look out for when your child says, you know, I'm not feeling well, I'm feeling sick, I don't know what's wrong, my stomach is in knots, my head hurts, I feel like vomiting. They are all signs or all can be signs of anxiety. The next thing that you should be looking out for is behavioural changes. So watch out for, notice those changes in behaviour such as increased irritability. So sometimes the calmest kids can become really irritable and frustrated for no reason. Well, it appears that it is for no reason. They can become restless or they can start to become avoidant of certain situations or activities. These, again, these changes are things that you should be noting down. So, Are they restless and irritable but they're not tired? Are they avoiding dance classes or are they avoiding PE or are they avoiding certain activities at school or they don't want to go shopping with you or they don't want to go to the restaurant? My daughter suffers uh, with generalised anxiety and we work on it a lot and she's getting a lot better but there were times where she didn't want to go out to a restaurant with with us and for me I was really frustrated at that because when I was young I would have given my right arm to go to a restaurant for dinner in fact I can count on I can count on one hand how many times we went out to a restaurant for dinner in fact I don't even need one hand but I do remember a time where we did get to go out to a Chinese restaurant And I had the sorest throat I've ever had in my life. And all I had to eat or drink was an orange juice. So, you know, even though I was six years old, I didn't understand that that was one of my only opportunities to be going out for dinner. So when my my daughter says, I don't want to go, I'm like, why the hell not? (laughs) But I had to understand that this was a sign of something else. This was a sign of her not not wanting the food she freaking loves to eat, but it was not wanting to be around people. So she was suffering with severe social anxiety. The next thing that we need to look out for is emotional expression. So pay close attention to your child's emotional state. So are they tearful quite a lot? So does it not take much for them to start crying? I tell you when I'm teaching, especially, I see this less in coaching, which surprises me. But when I'm teaching my students, I just have to ask one question. It could be as simple as, what would you like to sing? And they just break into tears. I've never seen so many children become so tearful as I have in this last 12 to 18 months. I don't know, as I said, I think, Anxiety is really running rampant in the world and especially on our children at the moment. And we need to be able to recognise that. So frequent tearfulness is one thing. Excessive worrying is another. And that, you know, that can be the same for adults, just that excessive worry of what's going to happen, you know, is this going to be okay? What's going to happen when I go here or when I do this or when I say this? that excessive worry can be a sign of anxiety. So can expressions of fear. So being fearful of things that they once wouldn't have been fearful of. Again these don't mean for sure you know your child has anxiety. If they just get a headache and they don't have any more of these symptoms then that is not necessarily anxiety. Just as if They didn't want to go out for dinner. That doesn't mean that they are anxious. They just might not like the food that you're going to have. So make sure you are really watching to see if these behaviours are happening regularly. And the other one to watch out for, which can be a big one, uh, and I know that I definitely saw it in my daughter and I saw it in myself, when I suffered severe anxiety when I was much younger. And that's sleep disturbances. So any changes in sleep patterns, so trouble falling asleep or frequent nightmares, they can be, all those signs can be linked to anxiety. So making sure you're looking out for, again, physical symptoms, behavioural changes, emotional expression, so those tearful moments, a lot of them, and sleep disturbances because if you've got a few of those from each category or one even from each category then anxiety is definitely something that you should be looking at. Now once you suspect that your child could be dealing with anxiety the next step is probably the hardest and that's to establish communication and I will be very honest with you I still struggle to open communication, more so with my daughter and more so because she is so open (laughs) that it can be extremely difficult. Sometimes she just tells me more than I think I can cope with at the time. I'm telling you this child is here to give me many lessons. (laughs) She has taught me a lot in communication. But in saying that, most children are quite the opposite. They won't give you anything. Either way, it can be really hard to communicate open communication uh, with your child especially if that's not something that you got from your parents and not something that you are used to or that you've practiced because it is a skill it is a skill that I never used to have but thank you to my daughter I have had to cultivate again and again and again repeat 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 so it's rinse and repeat I am consistently communicating with her and going okay how can I do that better how can I do that better next time and I'm learning to actively listen even when she says things that I really don't want to hear because I'm like that's just that's a new problem (laughs) that we need to add but again open communication and active listening once you suspect your child is dealing with anxiety is going to really benefit your child you need to create a safe space So let your child know that you're here for them and you're here to listen and to support them. Creating a safe environment where they feel comfortable to share their feelings and concerns can really be the difference between life and death. And that might sound really heavy, but it's meant to because anxiety can really cause a lot of trouble in your child's life. Uh, a lot of trouble with their mental health and their overall well-being. So making sure that you've got a a safe space for your child so that they know they are supported so that you can listen to them actively and communicate with them can really make an incredible difference in their life. The other thing that uh, I learned in my counselling degree is to ask open-ended questions. And what that looks like is... Not asking a question where the answer can be yes or no. Because I have a child where if it can be just a one-word response, that's what I'm getting. Yeah, no, or nah, or yep, or nope. So now I've made it a habit for myself to ask open-ended questions where they cannot respond with yes or no. Encourage your child to talk about their emotions by asking questions like instead of saying, are you okay, because you'll get "Yep," or nah or I don't know, that's another really, really good one <laughs> or probably or probably not. Uh, ask, instead of asking, are you okay, try, can you tell me what's been on your mind lately? They can still say no, <laughs> I can't. So then you try again, instead of asking, are you okay, Ask what has happened this week to make you feel the way you're feeling right now. And if they say, I don't know, push further with more open-ended questions. When they say, I don't know, say, can you tell me if you were feeling this emotion, this emotion or this emotion? And that will give them an opportunity to explore how they feel. And then you build on it from there. So open-ended questions. It's a skill something you need to practice, but very, very helpful for getting to the bottom of what is going on with your child. You don't want to turn a blind eye to what is happening. It's easier. Trust me, I know it's easier. And sometimes I wish I could. I wish I had that luxury of being the parent that can turn the blind eye, but I I just can't. So it's really important that you learn to communicate effectively with your child and get them to communicate effectively back. And that also leads to active listening. So if you are doing well and asking open-ended questions, then you need to make sure you actively listen back when your child gives you your response. So when they do open up, actively listen. Don't just listen to respond. Show empathy, understanding, kindness by nodding by summarizing their feelings by avoiding judgment and again these are all counseling techniques but they are really parenting techniques that we need to cultivate and create a habit of doing if we want to understand our child and let them know that they are supported and get help for them so they are skills that we need to build so let's just look at those one more time we've got creating a safe space, asking open-ended questions and actively listening to the responses. Now, understanding anxiety is essential for both parents and children. You have to learn about anxiety, educate yourself about anxiety disorders, their causes, the treatment options, because this knowledge will help you better understand your child's struggles and it will help you create opportunities for them to heal. That's our job as a parent. So learn more about it. Share that information with your child. Of course, it has to be delivered in an age-appropriate manner. So depending on their age, share information about anxiety so you can help them understand that anxiety is a common and manageable condition. You want to give them hope. You want them to understand that they feel this way for a reason not because there's something wrong with them. Feeling different is one of the hardest things that you can go through as a child. So by normalising anxiety and labelling it, it can comfort them because they know, okay, it's just this thing called anxiety and we can work on it and it can improve. And from there, we take it a step further and we work on, normalising seeking help. Let your child know that seeking help for anxiety is a sign of strength and not weakness. I've had multiple conversations with adults this week which still really surprises me. I really am surprised by the amount of adults especially who still see seeking help as being a weakness, being ill as being a weakness. And I can't I can't talk this week because... I literally can't talk, (laughs) I have suffered bronchitis, which is the first time I've been sick in over three years. And I really had to take myself or give myself a moment and understand that I was sick or I am sick and I need a moment to rest and I need a moment to go down the chemist and get what I need to be healthy. For me, I had to remember that that was not a sign of weakness. That's a sign of strength. It's okay to be sick. It's okay. It means you're normal. I can't go through life not being sick as much as I would like to. It just means your body's saying, you know, you need rest. But if, I, if that wasn't normalised, seeking that kind of help, then I would just get more sick and I would end up with a pneumonia. When you don't normalise seeking help, kids can get worse. It can lead to severe mental health issues. So discuss therapy or counselling options if that's necessary. Seeking professional help when you are out of your depth is so important to your child's well-being journey because sometimes anxiety can be really overwhelming and you just need that professional help. So reach out and consult a mental health professional. If your child's anxiety is significantly impacting their daily life, then it might require a mental health professional like a therapist or a counsellor who specialises in working with children and anxiety disorders. Look at support interventions. So a mental health professional can provide you with or your child with coping strategies, tools and techniques that manage their anxiety effectively and they can also support you through the parenting role, your parenting role. Uh, in helping a child with or your child with implementing the tools, giving you tools so you can be there uh, as a supportive parent. So looking at support interventions, um, mental health professionals for both you and your child. The other thing you can do is involve your school. If anxiety is affecting your child's performance at school, communicate with teachers and school counsellors And get them to develop or together develop a support plan. And I've seen this implemented very effectively. And when your school is on board, this can really significantly reduce the impact of anxiety at school for your child. Just when they know that they have that support in place, it can be a lot easier for them to manage the anxiety symptoms. So there you go. There is a lot there to help. Firstly, it's about recognising anxiety in in your children. So looking for physical symptoms, looking at behavioural changes, emotional expression and sleep disturbances. They are probably the four most significant changes you might recognise. Then open up the communication and listen actively. So create a safe space for your child Ask open-ended questions and then listen to their responses actively so you can show empathy, understanding and avoid judgment. And then educate yourself and your child on anxiety. So learn about it, share information with your child and normalise seeking help which can look like consulting a mental health professional looking at supportive interventions and involving your school. Parenting through anxiety is a tough job but that is your job. Understanding your child's silent battle and providing a safe space for them to express their feelings and seek professional help when you need to can really have a very positive impact and outcome for your child. Just remember you're not alone in this journey. With the right support and knowledge, you can help your child navigate their anxiety and develop healthy coping mechanisms. By having that communication and empathy, you can play a vital role in helping your child face their anxiety and emerge stronger from this Experience with anxiety. So, as much as it, it, it can be very scary, and as much as it looks like your child is slipping away from you, if you are able to manage the situation well, then your child can come out on top with a bunch of new tools that will help them through their childhood years, teen, and then their adult years. So, I implore you to empower yourself with information, knowledge and the skills necessary to parent your way through anxiety with your child. All right, I hope that was helpful for you. If you haven't already subscribed or follow the podcast, make sure you click the little follow button so you get every episode of the self-improvement room podcast and so you are notified about the next episode because the next episode is a map back to you. We're going to look at crushing the myth of feeling like you are too far gone to get any kind of help. All right, until next week, stay safe and stay well.